Welcome to a random podcast. <laughs> we're laughing because we're debating whether to call them episodes or not. And they're not episodes. So welcome to this thing off of the internet from Christchurch Fox Chapel. It is the fastest growing conservative evangelical charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And I'm joined today by Ben Wolpe, Reverend the Reverend. Hello. Greetings. Got two reverences because he's a deacon and a priest or presbyter in the Church of Christ. Hello. And uh, I'm also joined by Robert Fire, who doesn't have a ridiculous title, but if you go into his studio, he does have a ridiculous wall covered in very fancy certificates and very course, expensive, very expensive certificates. And yet, is every bit of a minister of the gospel as any of us are. Thank you. Bob. At last, Hello, someone Church. said it. Hello, everybody. Mr. Fire is here, and he is going to read for us today from John's Gospel, chapter 16, beginning at a verse that doesn't really exist 4b. Did you want to set up? Anything? No. It's about Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, then off we go. Uh, John 16, 4b. (laughs) I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Thank you very much. If you have one of those Bibles with the words of Christ in red, and we're not going to get into whether you should have or not, uh, but mine are, uh, you'll just see that for page after page, there's just a wall of red text here. So this is deep into what Christ is talking about, about himself, about salvation, about the Holy Spirit. And uh, chapter 16 begins with a discussion of suffering. And uh, Jesus says in verse 2 there, uh, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. So people are going to think uh, that they're doing good things for God and they're going to actually be doing bad things by harming the people of God. So he's talking about suffering, talking about persecution, talking about uh, his ministry and his own suffering and his own persecution and his going to be with the Lord and then the sending of the Holy Spirit and really couching their ministry, their future ministry, and their future experiences within the context of his own. And um, I don't know that they fully get it, but I wonder what, what strikes you here from, from this. Well, in yeah, chapter 14 through 16, sometimes called the Last Supper Discourse in the Gospel of John, like this is the Last Supper. He's just got three straight chapters of just talking to them and just... Uh, teaching about the Holy Spirit, about abiding in him, about the relationship that we are to have and with him and with the world. Um, and it, it seems to me that, I mean, 
those three chapters are just filled with the Holy Spirit and mm. Jesus teaching about the Holy Spirit and something about how much he talks about the Holy Spirit should uh, put us in a mind that we cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit. We yeah. cannot be Jesus followers without the helper that he gives to us. Yeah, that's so true. And they're, they're not they're not there yet because they've not had Pentecost. Yeah. They're, not, they're not ready. So, I mean, just looking at the bits that are not read in my Bible, in 14.5, Thomas goes, eh? And then 14.8, Philip goes, eh? And then in uh, 14.22, Judas goes, eh? Because he Little would. translations. Yeah, I mean, that's right. This is the message. Um, and then in 16.17, some of the disciples said, eh? And then in 16.29, they go, ah, now you're speaking plainly. <laughs> so, you know, we can have sympathy. Uh, we have this huge advantage, right, over the disciples because we have the Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about here. Mm -hmm. Great. So I think we're, we're going to zoom in on the Holy Spirit in, in this section. Um, Let's do it. We were just talking before the podcast, uh, Robert and I, about the way the Holy Spirit moves in, in our singing and preaching as people who lead the singing and preaching, how vulnerable we sometimes are and how the Spirit is the one that makes it a great weekend or not. Well, and the importance of trusting, even when you mm. don't know um, what he's doing uh, or what he wants to do, and you just pray that he would use you mm. to speak to his people, whatever that is. Um, yeah. And the importance of that. Um, and the power that is in that, even when we feel um, very inadequate or not as prepared as we would like to be, or yeah, or whatever happened that morning <laughs> already in the life yeah. of a human being that oh, yeah. you know, and then you show up and you're supposed to be uh, on on, yeah, yeah. And Paul in Second Corinthians uh, is talking about the preaching of the gospel and he says who is sufficient for these things and like that always strikes me as very true to my experience like i'm i am inadequate for this and i am not sufficient for what god has asked me to do and i think this applies to all of us in our mm -hmm. christian lives regardless yes. of whether you're leading preaching doing music like who is sufficient for the work of the gospel and the work that the spirit of god wants to do through you to make an appeal to the world for the sake of Jesus Christ, uh, to be reconciled to God. And um, mm. the Holy Spirit always works beyond our means yeah. and beyond our abilities through us. And what I love about being a community-sized church preaching the gospel is we tend to know each other's business mm. and we don't tend to judge it because we're community-sized. We know what's going on. There's a sort of... Um, integral way that we live texting and emailing and seeing each other and loving each other and and because we're a gospel driven church gospel focused church yeah we all know that we're the same in mm -hmm. in christ um i think this you know I, I really like this passage because it then goes on to talk about some of these things uh gee I was about to say Jesus reminds me of Tim Keller preaching, but it could be the other way around. Um, <laughs> Possible. <but> like, just, <laughs> just the structure, though. Uh, Jesus makes kind of three points and then unpacks them, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. So this, this could be 
Ben, when you preach, we're recording this just a few days before you preach, you could genuinely do a three-point sermon I this could. week, and it would yeah. be authentically um, appropriate for the text. Uh, okay. But if I do not go away, uh, I, won't be able, I won't be able to send the Holy Spirit, and then he's going to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Sin, I'm in verse 8, righteousness and judgment. The world, that's set up here in John, isn't it, mm-hmm. as, the, as being the, the bad thing. Yeah, anti-kingdom of God. Like, right. there's the kingdom of God and there's the world. There's okay. light and there's darkness. Right, so it's a dualistic yeah. thing. This is the other place. Yeah. The world. And we live in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, because Jesus says, if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. I just said, oh, we've got this touchy-feely church. It's really nice. And then sin, righteousness, and judgment, that doesn't sound like yeah. very much fun. Mm-mm. But the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit mm. is what leads us into peace and joy and fulfillment as we find it in Jesus Christ alone. Helpful, yeah. Because these, because sin is what keeps us from Jesus, and we need that conviction of sin so that we can be turned to that which is our true purpose and fulfillment and joy mm. and peace and all the things. Mm. Yeah, I would rather not go through that first part. We just we like the what comes after it part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that conviction thing. But I always think that the conviction thing, you know, we we want to remember that if it really is the Holy Spirit convicting. It, it, we're always still in a place of hopefulness, mm. right? Uh, conviction and condemnation, I always, you know, they're, they're not the same thing, right? No. And I, in fact, that's one way I think of discerning if it's from the enemy or if it's really from the spirit, because the enemy would prefer us to feel condemned and hopeless. Right. Can't believe you did that. Well, there's no hope for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Versus this very strong but gentle and hopeful, loving, prodding yeah yeah well i think that's that's the point that conviction isn't always going to feel good like it's not this isn't about our feeling good right Mm -hmm. but conviction has a hope behind it right like you said because condemnation is hopeless and drives you often further into the sin yeah i'm I'm in it now i might as well give up Mm -hmm. yeah 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 we actually watched a show we my parents will record this show from british tv called goggle box and a goggle box you guys know is is an english idiom for a television you watch people watching television <laughs> right which sounds lame it's the best show ever on tv uh and the show they were watching yesterday was this weird island where all these um kind of uh, young adults who who uh, enjoy the carnal pleasures of life are put on this island and uh, uh, the surprise for them is there's there's a pile of cash they win so long as none of them sleeps with one another. That's the, that's the kind of thing. Wow. So we're watching people watching this thing and figuring it out as we go. And there's this lad on the island and he says to his girlfriend, well, let, let's just kiss. It's just a kiss. But they will lose money if they do that. right? They'll lo- the whole island will lose money. Anyway, they kiss. And he says, well, <laughs> we've done it now. We've blown it now, so we might as well go further. <laughs> and Kat turned right to me. She goes, that's the enemy. Yep. Yeah. You know. Look what you've done. You trashed it now. Well, it's his idea, but he's blaming her. And then, of course, 
the, the computer voice, it's like Big Brother, speaks to the whole island and says, news just in, everyone gather around. Mm. You've all lost $10,000 because some, something's happened. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then he turns on his girlfriend and he blames her and says, it was her idea. She tempted me. Uh -huh. The woman made me do it. And there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, um, you know, to see it on the screen in that way. And the sin, but I guess the great thing about conviction is that it breaks that pattern of sin because it calls it what it is. It doesn't excuse it. And then it says, but we're going to do something about it. What do you think about the righteousness and judgment aspects of that uh, triple conviction mm. that the Spirit gives? I find that fairly confusing, to be honest. Good, because you're preaching on it. I know. So that's why I need you guys to tell me <laughs> how I should preach it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the righteousness or uprightness thing yeah. could, could be a status thing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Am I justified? Am I saved? Am I in? Is God going to treat me? It could be that. Yeah. It could be more than that. It could be the actual outworking of it. Mm -hmm. And another word in the, the Greek word, I think, for convict is to expose mm. or like bring to light. So I wonder about just laying bare what righteousness actually is. Okay. In our world today, like there's so much confusion about what it mm. means to be righteous or mm. good. In or right standing. In right standing. And what does that mean? In right standing with whom? Uh, and, and good toward what? But the Holy Spirit is what maybe convicts us to know what righteousness really is. Mm. That it's right standing before God alone. Mm -hmm. that would make sense in terms of Jesus' explanation I, I go to the Father and you see me no longer you see me no longer so Christ is the righteousness of God yeah and then the rule of the world is judged yeah Satan mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear your sermon because I don't think we've got much further through <laughs> That very difficult question yeah but if it, it, he's saying that it's the central role of the helper the mm. advocate the spirit who's who's given as our helper our advocate right but his he's saying his central role here is to convict the world mm. even as our helper right and our advocate um, somehow mm. it's our help it's our it's our his advocating for us that he's doing by convicting the world concerning sin and righteousness mm. and judgment. Somehow that's for our sake. So I wonder if that's linked to an aspect of what we looked at last week, further on in John's Gospel, chapter 20, when uh, the, the disciples receiving the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of them changing the world. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is not uh, a personal piety thing. Christianity isn't a call to go out and or, or to go off to some mountain someplace and just become holy yeah. and hide there. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is not given just for our sake, but for the sake of the world. Yes. And the Holy Spirit works through us to convict the world. Right. And to, to bring the world towards Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The rule of the world is judged, but the world itself perhaps is, is, is saved from Satan. Yeah. Uh, and Satan 
to be let's be clear that Satan is being who's being referred to as the ruler of the world. Well, I'm, I, I, I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not worldly presidents and kings and no. things like that. And certainly not Her Britannic Majesty the Queen. Certainly, certainly not. Because she's actually the defender of the faith. <laughs> as you know, the head of the Anglican Church. Head of the Church of England. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's right. The head of the Church of England. <laughs> that's right. So Jesus then uh, gets onto really the spirit of truth coming and guiding and guiding you. I'm, I'm looking now ahead to verse 13. Um, well, verse 12, I've said many things to you, but you cannot bear them now. Uh, but when a, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Hmm. So we've got the Holy, the Holy Trinity present here. Yeah, the, the idea again of um, them working co-equal you know this this mystery of and and what their roles are in yeah uh, for our benefit out of love um, it's pretty neat he will glorify me um, Mm. but he will take what is mine and declare it to you all that the father has is mine so once again, this working yeah. together. Yeah, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all working towards us. So like you get that through line of uh, the Spirit only says what I, mm-hmm. uh, what I speak. Um, and he'll take what is mine and declare it to you, and all the Father has is mine. So mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all, all that's mine will be declared to you and will be given to you. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. yes. Right? Not like the the poor little stepchild something left right. out. <laughs> Afterthought. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Another counselor. Yeah. So he's he's the same um, status as Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And given for our help. Mm. Given yeah. to guide us into truth. Into all the into truth. Into all truth, which is Jesus. Jesus said in chapter 14 before this. Truth. Yeah. I am the way and the truth and the life. The Spirit is to lead us, to guide us into Christ. Yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting. You know, we're, we're wrestling with this passage live, and we don't really prepare much for this week because <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to show off uh, something we learned five minutes ago from a commentary. Um, but we're actually live experiencing the very thing Jesus is talking about here. So yeah. we're reading a passage. It is actually a little bit difficult. And uh, it's a passage about some people who are finding the passage difficult. <laughs> and then Jesus says to the people who are finding it difficult, oh, well, the Holy Spirit will help you get this. And here we are asking the Holy Spirit to help us get this thing. Yeah, but it's not like a, something comes up on the screen and just gives you the answer. I mean, right. it's a yeah. life process of learning to listen and knowing that voice and and waiting on. Yeah. You know, it's not this immediate... Yes. Um, response often it's there's 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 waiting and there's meditating on Mm. and and wrestling with and 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 god isn't formulaic (laughs) yeah you know yeah he said this to me this way last time Mm -hmm. right doesn't mean that 
that's ever, you know. So he's setting up a dynamic, prophetic power of the Holy Spirit. He will guide you. That's a promise, so it will happen. Yeah. But yeah. the guiding is a process. Uh, into the truth, that's, that's not a process. You, you, you're in it. It's a person. It's a person. Yeah. And um, then uh, he will declare it to you. So we can ask the Holy Spirit to guide and to declare things yeah. to us. Knowing that he always guides and declares us into more of Jesus. Mm. Like I think, I think sometimes we Christians fall into the trap of wanting God for his benefits. Mm. Like I want from God right. answers. I want direction. I want him to tell me which way I should go mm. into a certain decision. And the spirit is there to bring you to Jesus. And sometimes I think we yeah. fall into the trap of wanting God's benefits more than we want God. That's wild. I'm, so I'm reading a book right now by Sinclair Ferguson, and he's making that exact point. Awesome. It is always in Christ. In yeah. Christ. Weird in when Christ. you get the same thing from two angles right. at the same week. Not, not yeah. what do I get out of this mm. thing, but, but Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, this is what the disciples are doing. So in verse 6, uh, I've said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. So they're actually just upset that Jesus is leaving. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and upset that they're going to be persecuted. But they're not, doesn't seem that upset that he's about to be crucified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do this a bit. That way we, we have it, you know, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm upset. What am I getting out of this? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you weigh the, the pros and cons to a cost-benefit analysis of following Jesus. Am I going to be getting right. uh, a good return on my investment out of this? And Jesus says, no, you're going to be getting persecuted. Right. Like the world's going to turn on you, but you will have God dwelling in you. You will have the spirit of truth guiding you into all truth. Mm. And I think part of discipleship is learning to see the value of that as higher than anything else we might want in life and in this world yeah i mean verse 15 all that the father has is mine mm. so there's a, a co-equality of uh, possession the, the, the what does the father have the father has everything so so infinity and, and therefore i said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you so we're going to have declared to us everything yeah i mean lost everything but the everything that we have as you can so this is where <laughs> this is where pascal blaise pascal does the cost benefit analysis yeah. Says, yeah but the everything you have is finite so even yeah. if it's really good it's not as good as the infinite yeah and that's right. and then pascal goes a step further and says all right let's just do math here and say for example christianity is only probably true there's a one percent chance that it's true 1% times infinity is still a bigger number than 100% of what you have now. So you might as well take a chance and, and believe, mm. right? Because the payoff's worth it. Yeah. It's kind of Pascal's... Pascal's wager, is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? I think so. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Um, some people quite like cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's the conviction of the Spirit that we need concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, mm. that the Spirit leads us into that truth of seeing... What is valuable? What right. is worth it? So we're actually letting go of rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. not letting go of good stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so um, 
we probably have said enough. Uh, it feels like we could just go on like this for ages. I love this. Thank you, Mr. Fire, for joining us. Yes, sir. And uh, the tea has gone cold. We don't time these things. We just use a, a mug of Christchurch Fox Chapel branded <laughs> tea. And uh, when it goes cold, it means the show's over. Thanks for joining us so much. We've very much enjoyed this. This has been a podcast, just a random podcast on the internet. Not part of any form of coherent series or programme of, of any nature. Uh, it just literally popped up in some way. Thanks so much for joining us. We've really enjoyed this. God bless.